Hey, this is Jim Larrabee. I'm the lead pastor here at First Christian Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer is that the words you hear encourage you, that they challenge you, that they build your faith and draw you closer to Jesus. So, enjoy. Hey, good morning, church. Are you guys enjoying your day in God's house? Has it been good for you? Okay, good deal. Well, I, uh, hopefully it has. You got uh, our worship on, which has been amazing. Uh, we're going to be diving into a new series that I'm excited about. Looking forward to kind of taking you there. But before we get into that, well, let me go ahead and give you a heads up. Turn to Matthew. Matthew uh, chapter, I think seven is going to be the best place for you to start. You can begin looking for that. If you need a Bible, we have them in the foyer, but we're totally cool with you having your apps open and all that kind of stuff for, for God's Word, so feel free to dive into there. But while you're looking, let me just give you a heads up on a couple of things. First and foremost, uh, you, you heard the giving shout out, which has been amazing. You guys are a generous church. We love it. Thank you so much for your generosity. Sometimes you guys ask me, hey, what, where are those envelopes that we used to get? Remember those envelopes that they would give you and, and you could just give through the envelopes? A lot of you do it online now or through the app, which is amazing. But we have some of those envelopes back on your way out, you can stop at the uh, kind of the info area out there and you'll see someone with those envelopes that you can take and have. And if that's your, if that's your jam that you love doing that and being able to put in the offering boxes, then we have those for you. So you can grab some of those envelopes on your way out. And if you're new to us, if you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm just checking first Christian out. I've, I've only been here for a week or two. You're probably wondering what these little tables are. They're kind of scattered around the room. You see the candles, you see a little picture and these little things on there. Jim, what is that? I see people going up. Are they signing up for something? No, these are our communion stations. And at any point in time during worship, at any point in time, you're like, hey, I, I want to worship with my family or even on my own through the act of communion. You can come and take these and just take communion. Some some folks do it right after the message. They'll come up and grab them and take communion as a response. They're open to you at any point in any time through our services every week. So you're able to do communion and have that for you. And we also do communion together uh, at different times during the year, but we want to make sure communion is available to everyone all the time. So anyway, a lot of things going on in the life of the church. Check the website for all the rest of this stuff. What we're doing today is starting a new series. This morning, we're going to dive into something new, a series that I'm excited about because I think it hits all of us. It hits uh, folks that are new Christians, folks that are kind of just figuring out their faith. But at the same time, I think it actually lands for those of us that have been Christians for a long time. It's, it's all about the essentials, what every Christian should know. And, and I say it's even going to hit those that have been Christians for a long time because sometimes in, in the, just the, the craziness and busyness of life, it can be real easy to get off kilter, that, to have your, your foundation, the foundation that you built most of your life on, kind of, kind of remove a brick or two and the house get a little crooked. And so this is our chance through this series to reevaluate that. What is, what is the foundation of my life? What is my life built on? Am, am I doing the thing that God has called me to do? So that's kind of the first goal through this new series is resetting, or maybe for you, setting a, a foundation that God wants for you to have for your life. The second goal, and I think this is just as important, is also realigning our worldview. And the worldview is just something, a way to look at life, right? Another way to say that is realign what guides our actions and decisions. So if I had to ask you, hey, what guides your actions and your decisions? Some of you would have a lot of different answers, right? Some of us, we're guided by our feelings. Man, Jim, I just, just, I, it depends on what I'm feeling in the moment. You know, what guides what I do, what I say, where I go, it's, it's totally dependent on my feelings. For others, 
If I were to ask that question, you say, well, it's kind of just what seems right to me, you know, in, in that moment, you know, whatever seems right to me, that's what I do. And even in my own life, I'll do that sometimes. The problem is what seems right to me isn't always what is right to God. And if you're new to us, I'm not scratching my ear. I am looking for you to engage with me. And so that's what that means right there. So that, that, that's what happens to me, right? I, I will totally think this is the right thing to do. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm vibing. And God's like, oh, hold up, bro. That, that is not how I want you viewing this. I want you looking at this, have a worldview through my heart, through my truth, and through my word. So this series is going to help us do that, kind of realign, set, adjust our worldview But ultimately, what is my ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is this, is that everything we talk about for the next several weeks deepens our faith. That's why we're here, right? We are here to grow in our faith. We are here because we want a spiritual house that looks like this. This, this is why we're here, right? You want to say, Woo, Jim, that's my spiritual house. That's who I am. That's absolutely, we all want this. This is why we are here so that we can look like this spiritually. But what we need to be careful of, if our foundation is off, when the storms come, then our spiritual house ends up looking like this. This is what we're trying to avoid. And if this is a house that any of you own, I am so sorry. This is the picture I could find. So anyway, that's, this is what we're avoiding, right? We're resetting our foundation, make sure it's ready, making sure it's good so that we can journey through this life the way God calls us to do. Now, you've got Matthew uh, open there because Jesus speaks to this. This is not something Jim just, hey, Jim made up a new series for us. This is actually what Jesus speaks to us in Matthew chapter 7. He talks about the foundation. He talks about what we build our life on. And so I just want to give you Jesus's words about our foundation. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. And he says it this way. Everyone who then hears these words of mine, this is Jesus talking. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them. That's not their foundation. That's not their worldview. That's not how they operate. will be like a few foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat against the house that fell and great was the fall of it. Pretty self-explanatory story. You know, Jesus sometimes tells parables and you're like, what? What was that about? What's going on? Not this one. (laughs) There are two guys and they built a house. Super easy to understand. And these two guys, what's interesting, sometimes when I picture this story, I don't know if you ever picture stories in your mind. When I picture this story, sometimes I think there's like a good guy and a bad guy. You know, and the good guy builds a really cool house and it's super nice and sturdy, but the bad guy doesn't. He, he builds just like this, this trash house and it just falls apart. That's, that's actually not what Jesus says. When you read this story, the implication is there are two people who build two really good houses. Both these houses are good and great. And in the story, those good houses represent good lives. So Jesus is simply saying, hey, listen, man, the, the story is about two good lives. It, it covers everybody, two people who built good lives. But what Jesus is getting after is this truth. Creating a good life doesn't matter if the foundation is faulty. Let me say that again. Creating a good life doesn't matter if the foundation is faulty. 
Because what else is going to happen from this story? Storm's going to come. Wind's going to blow. Rain's going to fall. Mudslide's going to happen. And all of that stuff. That, that is actually a piece woven into the story. It happens to the boat. Jesus doesn't say if, maybe, perhaps. He says, hey, you're going to live this life and, and the storm is going to come. And, and when that storm comes, it's going to hit. And, and, and your foundation needs to be ready. If you want that house to endure, that, that good life that we all desire, we all want, right? If we want it to endure, then the foundation has to be set and ready. The other thing I like about this story is just how clear Jesus makes what a good foundation is. We don't have to guess. I wonder what that good foundation is. I wonder what he's talking about. And is it going to church at least 12 times in a year and then praying and giving, you know, is that the good foundation? Well, well Jesus is like, hey, I'll give you what the good foundation is. Here it is. Here's the foundation. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. Everyone who hears the words of Jesus, hears, hears what he says and, don't forget that, and does them. Do you, do you hear the implied obedience there? You ever as a parent tell your, tell your kid, hey, hey, go make up your bed. Was that a suggestion that you made? Was it maybe just something, hey, what, on your timetable, when you feel like a honey, you can make up your bed. Is that, is that what you actually said when you told them to go? No, there's implied obedience. And, hey, go make up your bed. They, they need to go make up the bed because what I didn't add is when your mom get home, gets home and the bed's not made, she's going to cut you. And so you better go make that thing up. You know, so, so I'm, I'm protecting this child. I'm, that's what I'm trying to do, right? And so sometimes we give these statements and there's applied obedience to them, which is exactly what Jesus said. There's, there is a Applied obedience in this when, when he is saying these words, hey, I want everyone who hears them to also do them. We're to take Jesus and his word and we're to live it. Not just hear it. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're hearing God's word. This is awesome. That is amazing. This is a great space and place to be. But the most important thing is you take the truths that you hear from Jesus. Not me, the truths that we hear from Jesus and we live them in our lives. It's so important that just a few verses before uh, verse 24, when Jesus tells this story, he actually makes this statement. It's going to rock your world. He says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. He started, I didn't start here. Jesus starts with this. Now, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but it is the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What does Jesus just kind of drop on us right there? He's basically saying something powerful. It's not just a matter of just, you know, claiming Christian. It's not just a matter of having the sticker. It's not just a matter of attending church. It's not, it's not just a matter of, of, of wearing the t-shirt, right? That, that it's not just claiming the name of Jesus that makes us a Christian. It is living the truth of Jesus. And, and if we're not willing to make that shift, if we're not willing to, to make that journey, then, then we're building a house. And your house may be beautiful. Your house may be beautiful, but you are building a house that has no foundation. And, and my encouragement to you, my, my, my push, my challenge this morning is just stopping and taking a look. What is my foundation? What, what have I built my life on? 
Now, so far you think, Jim, that's a pretty good push. That's, that's challenging. And well, well, it gets even more challenging because this is Matthew chapter seven. You would think Jesus would kind of back up a little bit, but he, he goes after it in, in just like eight or nine chapters later. Matthew 16, he drops this to his disciples. So he said that foundation to kind of everyone. Hey, you want to understand this? Here's the deal. But then he speaks to his disciples privately and he says these words, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, hey, you really want to get this? You really want to understand this? If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Some pretty tough words, right? In fact, some of you are saying, hey, Jim, this is, uh, this is like the first couple of Sundays in January. I was really hoping we get a little John 3.16 this morning. I, I really much prefer John 3.16. Can we just shift gears here for a moment? I'm with you. <laughs> I'm t- totally with you. I love John 3.16. Everyone loves for God so loved the world. That, that is such a powerful, amazing truth. I get it. Knowing that God loves you is a game changer. And I want everyone here to understand that. Absolutely is a game changer. When, when, when I came to Christ, it was that knowledge that absolutely shifted my heart. It was, it was the knowledge that God saw me in, in my brokenness and my mess and everything else was going on in life, that God saw me, wanted me and loved me. It was that knowledge that God loved me that turned my heart and my eyes to look at God. John 3.16 is great at getting us to look at God. But salvation is more than just looking at Jesus. Oh, there he is. I see you. Hey, what's up, Jay? How you doing? What's up? Yep, yep, doing my own thing here. Just, just give me a little shout out on my drive-by. No, it is, salvation is more than that. You know what Jesus said? Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to be there. It is more than just looking to Jesus It is following him. Actually, Jesus didn't even just say follow. What did he say? It is denying self. Woo! If if you're gutsy, you can underline that in your Bible. You know, it is denying self. Now, now saying that phrase, denying self, uh, I want to unpack it a little bit because sometimes we hear that and we're like, man, Jim, how do I live that in my life? Do I just, do I just walk around just, just denying everything I want to do? Hey, you know, I want to watch the football game. Nope, nope. I got to deny myself because I'm following Jesus. You know, I, I like ice cream. I love me some ice cream. In fact, there's, there's, hey, this is, if I could have ice cream like this every day, I totally, totally would. This is, by the way, is the, uh, the Guinness World Record of ice cream scoops. Anybody know the number? of ice cream scoops. This is the world record. You're going to learn something in church today. 125. This is a hundred. You guys are more amazed at that than Jesus loves you. That is all. That is amazing. Anyway, take the picture down. So, so it's not just walking around saying, Hey, Hey, I, I, I love ice cream, but I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm distracted. You got to take it down. So there you go. It's not just walking around saying, Oh, I love ice cream, but, but, but scripture says I got to deny myself so I can never have ice cream again. If I follow Jesus, that is not what scripture is talking about when it uses this word. Deny self is simply doing this, taking those wants whatever those wants are, taking those wants, taking those beliefs, taking those desires, taking our will, all that stuff that kind of makes up really the core of who we are and bringing it to the cross, bringing it to Jesus and surrendering it to him. That's what denying self really is. It's bringing it to Jesus and saying, Jesus, what is it that you want? 
Not what do I want, not on what I'm desiring, what am I looking for? It is Jesus, what do you want in my life and my heart with this right here, right now? That is the denying self the scripture is talking about. Now, is that easy? Absolutely not. Let me answer for you. Some of you are like, I want to say no, but I feel like I'll get in trouble. No, it's just no, it is not easy. It, it is so hard to deny ourselves. In fact, in fact, it is so hard to deny yourself that Jesus described it this way. Take up your cross. He's like, hey, you're going to deny yourself and it's going to feel like taking up your cross. There's nothing about carrying a cross that is easy and nice. It is hard and tough and challenging. So as Jesus is speaking these words, he's pushing us, he's challenging us. He's simply saying, hey, denying yourself at some points and sometimes is going to feel like taking up your cross. There's going to be pain. There's going to be struggle because that's what it's like sometimes yielding our will to God. And I can speak to this. And there are moments and times in my life, even as a pastor, that I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) I do not want to do that, Jesus. And he's like, all right. All right, you, you're setting the cross down, right, Jim? You're setting the cross down. I'm like, no, nah, that's not what you called me to do. And you called me to pick this cross up and to carry it, which means I can't be holding all that other stuff in my hands, my want, my will, desires, those things I, I leave at your feet while I carry this cross, even if there's pain and struggle in the yielding. Now, please do not forget John 3.16. Don't forget that. I mean, we started with that, right? Hey, that's where we wanted to go. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. Don't, don't forget that. Why? Because God operates out of that love for us. Everything that he says about denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following him is all wrapped up in the love that God has for each of us. So anything, anything that God says no to, now, you God ever said no to you about something? Man, he does it all the time. I, I just do not know why. I don't get it sometimes. God says no to things. Anything that God says no to me that I want, I know this. He does it because he loves me. That's one of the greatest truths I can tell you, that sometimes God says no to things that we really, really want in our lives. And, and God says, hey, listen, I'm going to say no to that, not because I'm mean and not because you know, I'm, I'm the angry God upstairs who just doesn't want you to have fun in life. That's, that's not it at all. God says no to us because of John 3.16, because he loves us and wants something better for us. And then the reverse is true. Anything that God says yes to that we don't want. And this happens too. Ever run into just a really hard, tough season in life, a challenge, an issue, a wrestling, you're like, oh, God, I don't want this. I think you meant it for my neighbor. At least that's what I'm praying. You know, yeah. So sometimes God says yes to things in our life that we we don't want. We're not looking forward to. You're like, God, I I don't want this. I don't want this season. I don't want this challenge. I I I don't want this. But we've got to understand that that God does it because He loves us. And there's this truth that Paul speaks to. He wants us to get us. This, this is deeper Christian stuff, by the way. So I know I said it was essentials and what every Christian should know, but, but we're also hitting some deeper stuff. But the apostle Paul speaks to this, that wrestle sometimes that we have with things that God allows in our life. And he gives us this truth in Romans five, verse three says this. Now, not only that, not only everything that I've told you about salvation and the journey and following Jesus, not only all of that. But we rejoice in our suffering, our wrestle, and our struggle, knowing that those things produce perseverance. 
and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And our hope that we have does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts and life by the Holy Spirit that God has given us. He says, understand that. Sometimes there's these things that God allows and these journeys that you go through. And some of you, man, 2023, you are ready to be done. <laughs> some of us, man, it's like four weeks in 2024. And you're like, hey, can we, I'm, I'm, 2025 is my year. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. We're all like, I'm done. I'm done. This, this is not what I signed up for. And the word speaks to us about that truth that God is working out perseverance and character and, and love and hope in our lives. But I, I want to land on that, that last little statement because it's so powerful. And the hope that God gives in this journey, even if it's a wrestle, even if it's a struggle, the hope that God gives does not disappoint. You ever, you ever sacrifice for anything? Maybe, maybe saving up for something when I, was, when I was younger, saved up for a car, you know, I saved up for an engagement ring, you know, you do all the sacrifices and sacrifices you made, you know, to save up for that. Um, some of you, I, I've done this too, you know, you save up calories. You ever done that? Yeah, I want to have four pieces of cake tomorrow, so I'm going to eat an orange today. You know, you, I'm, I'm saving those calories, right? You know, that whole thing, you know, and you save it up, whatever it is. You save up, you sacrifice, you save up, you sacrifice, and then you get the thing. You get the thing that you wanted. You got the thing that you totally saved up for. And then you have the moment you're like, meh. <laughs> I thought it'd be better than that. You know, the Disney ride, you stood in line for seven hours for two minutes. And you're like, meh, that's yeah, okay. I'm ready to take my children home or at least sell them. I don't, I don't want to come back here either, right? You know, so uh, what, is, what does Paul say? Paul says, that's a real thing, but I want you to understand this, that, that no matter what you sacrifice for Jesus, remember we talked about, you know, denying self, laying those things at the cross, no matter what it is you lay at the cross for Jesus, maybe it's a want, maybe it's your will, maybe it's a desire, maybe it's a belief that you want to believe, but that's not what God's word says. What, whatever it is that, that we lay at the cross, whatever it is we sacrifice in this journey, know this absolutely that what God gives us will not disappoint us. That, that whatever it is we lay at the cross, no matter how much we wanted it, there will never be regret in your life about turning it loose. That is not my promise. That is God's promise. And this is, this is one of those truths that, that are so important to us because, because I know if you're anything like me, I fear turning loose of things sometimes. I, I'm, I, I, the things that I keep are, are, are the things that I'm afraid of turning loose. I don't want to turn loose of this because, because I'm afraid. I'm afraid if I let go of whatever it is, then I will have nothing and I will be left empty. Just peeling back the curtain. That is the deep fear. Pretty sure it's probably the deep fear for any of us in here, turning loose of a, of a thing or, or a person or a circumstance or a situation. The, the, the deep fear is that we'll be left empty. It's why Paul goes on to say, hope will not disappoint and God's love will be poured into your life along with his spirit. Paul says, listen, I get it. It's, it's, it's tough. It's hard. Some of these things we let go of, we think we're going to be empty. But know this, not only will God never disappoint us, he will, in that moment when you feel empty, pour into you love. And, and I think he mentions love specifically for a reason, because when I look at my own heart, the things that I tend to, to hold on to, the hardest, the deepest 
Even if they're not healthy, even if I know scripture says I could, I I need to give them up. I, I hold on to them because they make me feel loved or valued or wanted. Look at anything that you're holding on to so tightly. And I guarantee you, it'll be connected to feeling loved, valued, or wanted. And Paul just hits it. He says, hey, listen, I, I get that. But know this. God's love, the greatest love in the universe, will be poured back into you and you will have what you need. You will be loved like you need. You'll be valued like you need. You will be wanted like you need. And if you just want to take a quick read through the New Testament, you'll see all the other things beyond love that God pours in. He pours in his grace. He pours in his kindness. He pours in his blessing, his wisdom, his comfort, his peace, his joy, his hope. Even, even he pours in his favor. That's what it was when I was younger. There's something about that, that wanting to be wanted and, and understanding that, that in this moment of salvation, what God did is he placed his delight and favor on me. I had people leaving my life left and right. No one, no one would have ever placed their delight and favor on me as broken as I was. And yet God did. My friend, there's nothing that we lay at the foot of the cross that we will ever regret because of what God in turn pours back into you and I beautiful truths that that reset our foundation so yes absolutely we deny ourselves yes we take up our cross yes we follow him but then he pours into us his goodness into our lives and you're probably in the message there but I, I kind of just went real quick past something I want to I want to come back to that story that Jesus told Remember when he said, hey, listen, you, you want to build your house on me? There's, there's a second part I didn't talk a lot about, but I want to touch on. Build your foundation on me and my word. And my word. We're talking about foundations here. And, and we need to understand that it is super easy to say, I built my life on Jesus. Everybody loves that. I can go into Starbucks and say, hey, hey, anybody built their life on Jesus? And we're all like, woo, yeah, love me some Jesus. You built your life on Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can celebrate Jesus all day long because, because the kind of the mental picture is Jesus is, woo, yeah, easy. He is. He's a great man. The God of the universe that's changed everything. But what he says is you don't just build your life on who I am. You build your life on what I've said. You build your life on God's word. And I want you to know that God's word speaks to every area of our life, that he has not left us in the dark about anything significant. If you've got a question, God's word has an answer, which means God speaks to us every moment of every day. Sometimes we, we kind of ask that question, Jim, I, 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 is God speaking to me? I, I really wish he would speak to me. I really wish he would say something. My friend, he is. Every moment of every day, he's speaking to you through his word. Every moment of every day. You don't ever have to worry about God not saying something to you specifically because this word is a word for you. We talked last week about it being a love letter of God, God writing these words to us, God, God giving us these things. The, the challenge isn't, does God speak? What's the challenge? Do I listen? <laughs> That's the challenge. I'm being honest. That's my challenge. Do I listen? Do I, do I listen to what God has to say? I don't know if you've ever asked uh, someone a question that you had no desire to hear the answer. Were my teenagers in the house? <laughs> I do this with my parents all the time. I ask them questions, but I have no desire to hear the answer. I just know I'm supposed to. I do that with God. 
God, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to ask you these questions because that's a spiritual thing to do. But I am totally okay if you don't say anything. Right? And in fact, sometimes if you do say something, I, it's very possible I'm going to be distracted and not even listen. Uh, sometimes it even plays out in my own journey in life. God, you know, this person has offended me. They've done something to me. They did me dirty. God, what do I do? What do I do? And God speaks, Matthew 18, 22, you know, forgive them seven times 70. I'm like, oh, oh no, God, I, I wasn't praying about math. This is not, I wasn't bringing my math issues to you. This is, this is a, they did me dirty issue. Can we, can we get back to the point, God? What do you want me to do? And God's like, Matthew 18, 22, forgive them. 70 times 70. God, no, 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 you don't understand. They did me dirty. I'm, I'm really asking about a retribution plan. <laughs> I mean, can, you know, what, what am I allowed to do? I mean, just that's, that's really what I'm looking for here. God, God, I'm not sure you're by, I don't think you're hearing me, God. And God says, Matthew 18, 22, forgive them. And I walk away going, man, I, God just doesn't speak. He just doesn't. Man, I just, whoo, I don't know about pastor. He just doesn't speak to me. Man, the, the, the thing is simply this. God speaks always. He speaks to us absolutely in clear ways through his word. The challenge is, are we willing to listen? The challenge is, are we willing to take the things that he says, the words that he has given us, and make them a foundation of our life? Are we willing to take his word and say this, it is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path? And I'm not going to try to bring in every other flashlight to make this thing work. I'm going to let God's word illuminate the path that I walk. Hebrews 4.12 says this about God's word, and this is where we'll land the plane, for the word of God. Is living and active. It's sharper than any other two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That I'm not just saying, hey, these are words to read as a guide in your life, that this is literally God's breath. It's supernatural. So much so that you don't just read it. Scripture says it reads you. Like we can come to this stuff and think we're hiding. Mm, I just, I just need me a little scripture to get me by till like I can get to do what I want to do. And it discerns the intents and desires of our heart and speaks accordingly. That's how powerful this word is. And it's like a sword. Image is great. It's like a sword where, where it cuts away the lies. It cuts away the chains of bondage. It cuts away the addictions, the labels. This book, if we want to live it, these words, if we want to live it, will set us free. They never go out of date. They never go out of style. They're never swayed by culture or by the wants of men. It is the true foundation on which we are called to build our life. So kind of the starting message for this whole series begins with this question. What is your foundation? What, what, what is it that's at the core of who you are? Are you, are you kind of motivated more, more moved by feelings, by what you seem is right, by what you think is right, by what's going on? Or have you decided as a Christian to let Jesus and his word be at the core of who you are? It's not easy. It can be challenging. But in that journey of setting Jesus and his word as our foundation, our house through the storm stands tall. And that's what every single one of us want, right? We saw the house. Man, I want that. That, that is the house that well, comes from Jesus and his word being at the center of who we are. Amen?
Amen. We got one more song to sing. Maybe this is just a moment that you take and just reset. Jesus, what you say matters. And my foundation is you. Maybe that's your prayer through this final song. But let's pray together. Father, thank you for a challenging word this morning. There's, there's no doubt. Challenging to our heart and soul. But it's real. And it matters. And it, it matters what's at the foundation. It matters what drives us. It matters what determines our decisions and our actions. So you just speak to every single one of us. So the Christians in the house, you grab hold of our hearts and our minds and our souls and you show us the truth of a foundation built on you. If there are those here that don't know you, Father, I mean, that's, they've heard the truth of what it means to follow Jesus. They've heard the challenge of what it means to follow Jesus. But Father, I pray they've heard the worth and value of what it means to follow Jesus what you pour into us, how you shape us, what you give us, the, the delight and favor that you set upon us that, that doesn't touch anything in this world. Speak to our hearts and minds. Do your work in our souls. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share it with a friend. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to find out more information about giving or to see what's going on in the life of our church, please visit us at fccsantamaria.org. Thanks again for listening and God bless.